Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a special edition. This is your host, Annalise Corbin of the Past Foundation. Uh, the Learning Unboxed special edition is a set of quick podcasts that address an urgent or specific need within our community. And today we're tackling how do you take um, learning activities or modules and adapt them to a large uh, range of grades or age levels, um, do it quickly, do it efficiently, and deploy really epically awesome programming um, to kids who are excited to have a fun time with you. Uh, and joining us uh, for this conversation um, are Alyssa Redder. Um, Alyssa is the project coordinator of, of our student programs at the PASS Foundation. Uh, so um, thank you, Alyssa, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Um, and joining Alyssa is um, Ashley Price, who is our Assistant Director of Student Programs at the PASS Foundation. So Ashley, uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Okay, so we're going to dig right in here and talk about um, the sort of the how, the what, and the why of adapting programs because um, the two of you do this all the time. So um, Ashley, let's, let's start with you. So what's the premise as it relates to how do I take an activity that I want to deploy to a group of second graders and make it um, applicable to both kindergarten and fourth grade? What does that look like? Yeah, I think for us, uh, the first step that we really take is that it's important to know not to be afraid when you see an activity that you might want to do and think, oh, this says that it's for fifth grade. I can't do it with my second graders. That's not true. You can. And so that's one of the best things about being able to do this and really working through it is taking really awesome, like you said, Annalise, really awesome activities and thinking, okay, so how can I make this second grade activity work for those kindergartners or those fourth graders? So in terms of taking an activity and bumping it up grades, really what we do is we think, what can we add on to this? So do we need to take another activity and maybe mix it with this one to really bump it up and make it a little bit more, uh, have a little bit more meat to it? Um, so when we're bumping it up grades, we really think about that. When we're taking it down grades, it's what can we do for the kids that they might not be able to do for themselves? So we're not necessarily taking anything out. It might just be something like maybe there's something where things need to be put together and the kids don't have quite the dexterity to do it yet. So, okay, so we know that's gonna be some things that we need to do ahead of time. So it's really, what are those things that we can do to help the kids um, when we're going down? And then when we're going up, what are things that we can add to make it a little bit more meatier and give them a little bit more information? Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and some folks really, really struggle with this. They're like, oh my gosh, this wasn't written for this. So how do I make that modification? So Alyssa, give us an example. So give us, give us an example, a tangible example of one of the activities that you guys have used, you know, numerous times that most recently you made some pretty radical modifications. You know, you're not unused to working with elementary kids, but you recently had the chance to work with the itty bitties. So tell yes. us about that. Um, so we ran a um, art and STEM program virtually over the summer. Um, and this trickles down from our virtual to our community um, in person. So we ran uh, virtual for middle school art and STEM and elementary school. So fifth through eighth grade, and then third through fifth grade. Um, and we adapted both of those programs to fit those grade bands. And then when we were uh, planning for community, we took the art and STEM and we adapted it even further 
to go then into the preschool, pre-K, kindergarten. Um, and so wow, that's, a, that's a huge spread. Yeah. And we use very similar concepts. Um, we, you know, like Ashley said, we, we took some things out that we thought, well, maybe this is something that um, may not be at the kindergarten or preschool level to understand, but we still want to make sure they understand the concept. Um, we use some of the same terminology um, because at the end of the day, we feel like if you allow kids um, to be introduced to those concepts, you give them the ability to understand and the freedom to understand. I think um, a lot of times um, educators or people in the community, they think, well, that, that child's not going to understand that. I think allowing them and giving them the opportunity to do so, um, it, it allows them to explore those concepts um, and doesn't hold and doesn't hold them back from that. So um, I think that's the best example mm -hmm. of how we've adapted um, a program. So we were able to do actually art and STEM um, preschool through eighth grade this now, summer. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so Ashley, give us, give us an example of this art and STEM. So like one component and what the exact modification was. I mean, I think folks really need to get into the nuts and bolts of how you did what you did. So, so give us, give us, cause I saw some amazing photos and we're going to share those with our listeners um, that came out of uh, some of the pieces that you guys did with this. And, and it was, it was the variety of stuff. I was really blown away actually, by the way you guys did this program. So give us a, a, a tangible example of a concept that you modified. Yeah, so I think um, one of the concepts that we talked about was the M in STEM, which was math, talking about different mm -hmm. shapes. Um, and so we actually used uh, tanagrams to talk about the shapes, which are basically you let the kids uh, have different shapes. So anywhere from like diamonds, squares, triangles. Um, and what they have to do is they actually have to build different um, pieces of art using those, uh, those shapes. So for the younger kiddos, what we did is we actually had uh, pieces of art that already had the shapes outlined. So all they had to do was find the correct shape and match it. So, and they would create a, so they would create a dog or a cat or a bird or things like that. And as we moved up in age with the kiddos, it turned into, okay, here's an outline of that art. Now you have to figure out how do the shapes fit in there to create that art. So how do you put those squares, those diamonds, those things in there the right way to create that animal or to create that piece of art, that flower. And then as we even got further into the age groups, it was now take these shapes and create something of your own. What kind mm -hmm. of piece of art can you create? And we also tied in color with that as well. So before we did the tanagrams, we talked about different types of colors. So we talked about primary colors, secondary colors. And with the younger kiddos, we really hit on those primary colors and why they're really important. Um, and then as we got up into the upper grades, so like the middle school ages, we started talking about tertiary colors and where we get tertiary colors from, um, how secondary colors are creating those tertiary colors and the primary colors and those kinds of things. Um, and so they were actually able to use the different colors and figure out how they mix to make those pieces of art. So as we went up, it was really adding, again, adding those things in um, to really be, or make the uh, activity uh, appropriate for that age group. 
Right. Wow. And um, like I said, I, I saw numerous examples and we'll post some, like the kids were just really blew this stuff out of the water. Right. And, they and they had great mm -hmm. questions and um, they, you know, really, really amazing products. So Alyssa, talk to us a little bit about the constraints. Where were the difficulties in this, um, this exercise or this endeavor? Because, you know, these things, although it turned out really well, you know, from the, the sort of instructor side of this, it can be a little bit daunting. So, so where were the sort of constraints or the push points, I guess, the, the stressors in that piece of the work as you got into the implementation and the deployment, um, you know, as it translates to, here's what I had in mind, but then when I started doing it with the kids, right? Because we hear that mm -hmm. from our teachers and our providers, our instructors all the time. I thought it was gonna happen like this, but then this other thing happened instead. Yeah. So. I would say when we were trying to adopt the program between the middle school and the mid elementary was probably where the most mm -hmm. constraint was, um, you know, the preschool through third grade, um, it, it, that one, the kids are so enthusiastic and interactive. It was a little bit of a different, not that the, the middle grades aren't, but, mm -hmm. um, it was just a little bit of a different environment. Um, trying to figure out how we, we really wanted to, provide the third through fifth grade and the fifth through eighth grade, really some of the same content, but how do you continue the um, engagement with those third to fifth graders in the same capacity as a fifth through eighth grader? And so I think that's where we found the most um, of the, um, I guess, bottleneck or um, constraint is that um, Ashley and I would, would talk after you know, at the end of the, the session and be like, okay, what are some things we could do tomorrow to really keep them in our, you know, engaged. And we would do something that we would do with the middle schoolers and the kids would maybe have a harder time with it, or mm -hmm. it wasn't as attractive to them. And so those were, I think the constraints that we found, um, you know, in the middle, um, grades in, um, so third through fifth grade and fifth through eighth grade, we talked about artists specifically. So that was one of the things we really wanted to, to show some relevancy with artists, um, that are popular. And, um, so the middle schoolers ate it up. They thought it was, you know, really cool. It was a really um, cool concept to understand, but the, the third through fifth graders, it was a little bit harder for them to get that. And so, um, we would come back to the drawing board and be like, okay, how can we fix this? How can we make this? And maybe we'll take this out. We did this with the middle schoolers, but maybe it didn't work with the, the elementary. So let's try something different um, to help this, you know, this, uh, this constraint that we came up against. And, and typically it would, it would work the next day. And again, we would go back to the drawing board if it didn't. Um, but I think that's where we found the most constraint was just when you have those two programs that you're trying to fit in those grade bands is, understanding because even if you think that this is going to work for third through fifth grade you also have a different set of students students are unique mm -hmm. and it may not you know especially in a virtual landscape it may not and so you just have to go back to the drawing board and be like okay what else can we try how can we get them moving how do we get them engaged how do we incorporate things that make it fun um, while also allowing them to to learn so right right and that totally makes sense and so so ashley what uh what was that modification? What was the specificity of that modification between the middle school kids doing the artists and the upper elementary school kids thinking about um, the artists? What, what was the modification look like? Yeah, so both of those programs were both our virtual programs that we ran mm -hmm. and we ran them uh, 
we ran them uh, right next to each other in the same week. So we had our middle school kids in the morning and our elementary school kids in the afternoon. Um, so some of the, I think some of the modifications that we made was uh, really kind of feeding off the kids mostly and seeing how they were feeling because with, like Alyssa said, the middle school kids, the artists, they ate them up. They were asking questions. They wanted to know more. Um, whereas the, the elementary school kids were like, oh yeah, that, that's cool. Okay. Well, what's next? And so they like mm -hmm. really just wanted to move on. So we really found more activities that really fit with that artist. Uh, to make them have that connection of how the how the artist really fits into what they do every day in art. Um, so we found more activities that really fit them that we could put in there. So we talked a little bit less about went a little bit less in detail with the elementary mm -hmm. school kids and had more of those art activities that they really hit on. Whereas with the upper uh, with the middle school kids, they were very interested. They had a lot of questions about the artists um, and things like that. So we had those activities as backup if we needed them. Um, but we really didn't need them because the kids, the other thing was that the middle school kids, the, usually the first activity that we gave them, they dove head in, they were in it and they wanted to work on it the entire time. They really wanted to make sure they wanted it done right. They wanted the time to do it where the, not that the elementary school kids like didn't want to do it right, but they very much wanted, I want something. What's the next thing? I want the next mm -hmm. thing. I want to mm -hmm. do something else. And that's, that's very much elementary school level. They want yeah. the very short activities moving on to the next thing. And so I think that's really one of the biggest modifications that we made for those younger kiddos. So that's all around pacing and recognizing that, you know, the maturity of your learners, right? Mm -hmm. And making the modifications and adaptations based on these real fundamentals, right? Those mm -hmm. upper elementary kids haven't really gotten into a space developmentally where they can sit sit and think very, very deeply for prolonged periods and over right. and over again about a single thing. Mm -hmm, they need right. to do have an action component to it. Whereas the kids get older, now they know how to do a little bit of research. They've been exposed to some of those other key concepts. And so then you can make that program modification based on where they are developmentally mm -hmm. um, from a content standpoint, but also from an experience standpoint, um, where, where those kids, kids are. So that's yep. awesome. Um, and what a really cool, um, program you guys got to do for the summer. So, uh, just really quickly in closing high lob. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher out there. I'm, I'm faced, you know, in many cases with either a hybrid or virtual to get my school year started. Um, you know, what's, what's the one piece of advice you have for me, Alyssa? Don't be afraid. I think that's, that's the thing that, um, you know, and I think we struggled as a, as a team in the beginning of what is this going to look like and how are we going to do this? And, 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 and our kids really going to like this. And at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're going to feed off you and what you put out there. And so just don't be afraid, you know, do things that are, you know, getting, you know, that they're going to get them involved and, and don't worry necessarily about the, the mode that you're in, whether it's virtual or whether it's in person, you know, it, it, it the kids will adapt and they'll be fine. And so that, that would be my piece of advice. And what about for you, Ashley? Same question. What's your advice? Alyssa took mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say the same thing. Like, don't be afraid. If there's an activity that you want to try with your kiddos, give it a try. Let them try it out. See how it goes. You can make modifications as you go. Uh, we do it 
every time we're with kids, we make modifications as we go. So just don't be afraid to try those new activities that maybe you're questioning a little bit. Give it a try. It, I mean, the kids will give you feedback and you can make the modifications that you need to make. So that mm -hmm. would be mine. And, you know, after you've done it a few times with your kiddos and they, they have faith in you and you have faith in them, um, they, they can actually be your brainstorming buddy, right? They can help you figure Absolutely. out how to make it relevant to them. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Yep. Thank you mm -hmm. ladies so very much. Um, yep. Well, we appreciate both uh, the conversation today and the work that you're doing. So uh, thanks. Thank, Thank you. you.